Hello, it's Grace here again, filling in for Ben. He's on a conference again this week. Just to warn you, um, Jacko's audio is a little rough at the start of this episode. There were some problems with the recording, which we realized and resolved, so it goes back to our normal quality after the recap. Just wanted to let you know to stick with us because it does get fixed. Enjoy! Can you imagine if the song Seasons of Love was actually about the D&D magic item and was called Filter of Love? Filter of Love. That's nothing! It's just the fact that it's called Something of Love! That's not a joke! It's also two syllables. These are half-formed thoughts! <laughs> what if the pipes of haunting were called... That sounds good. The pipes of love. <laughs> This is a tale of a strange and dangerous world, a world known as Carthus. This is an adventure full of magic, hardship, and ale. This is a tale about a world at war and the people who are forced to endure it. From the wounds of battle come three unlikely partners trying to make sense of something much larger than themselves. But more than any of that, this is a story about how to win loot and influence dragons. Back to How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons, a D&D 5e actual play <clears throat> for the Curio Network. I am, as always, your back-in-the-room, big-boy, dice-having dungeon master, Ben McAllister. I say dice-having because I've got four or five different colours of dice in front of me, and it's nice. It's like a side of rice made of dice. Thank you, oh. and welcome to the podcast. <laughs> okay. Who else is here with me? <laughs> I mean, how do you follow that? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I am your more authentically Spanish Jody, Jackson Yusuf. <gasps> oh, Jackson, we'll come back to that. And, and well, yeah, that's very exciting. I am your literally, basically, always in Perth, Thomas Owen. Yay. And, um... <laughs> I like the idea that ships use Tom as, like, a point of reference as they, like, sail back to Perth. We put Tom yeah. on, the, on the rocky beaches and he just, you know, attracts the tall ships. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and I'm... Grace Little G Chapel today, um, also with dice, but mine with a side of poppadoms. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. You've got that Little G energy? Yeah. <laughs> 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 Dearie me. That Very sounds good. like something else. <laughs> Does it? What would Does the it? G be in that context? Oh, I think you know. Genitals. <laughs> <laughs> I knew someone would come up with a punchline for me if I just left <laughs> Yeah, see, this is yeah. your whole fucking MO. It's <laughs> just like, throw out as many half-formed jokes as you can. I'm sorry, everyone, for encouraging you. Yeah, you're to blame, Grace, for yeah. this. Obviously, we're all talking for the first time in, mm. in, in a month, which is mm. nice. All in the same digital space. Why don't we all just do, like, a little, like, travel journal, like a travel blog? Like, we'll all just kind <laughs> yeah, of talk it. about, yeah, like... Yeah, do it. For Tom's pleasure. Yeah. Oh, no, don't worry. I've got a journey to recount for you as well. Okay. okay. Oh. <laughs> right. Well, I've been in America. That's, that's it. I went to a few different American locales to do American things. And now here I am, back in Australia. Terra, terra firma. Were you also in <laughs> Melbourne? 
Um, I was, yes, I was also there. That's true. You've said, you've spoken the truth, Grace. Mine's probably the least interesting. Fact checked. Yeah. <laughs> you got Yeah, me. now that you're out of America, we can fact check you again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, wow. Fake, fake yeah, news, yeah. am I right? Yeah. It's all... <laughs> and Jackson, tell us where you've been. You've been in España. Yeah, yeah. Why? Well, I actually, I actually went all over the place. I spent uh, a very humid uh, thirty minutes in Abu Dhabi at midnight. A sweaty um, half hour. <laughs> yeah, uh, I believe it was uh, thirty-six degrees at uh, around midnight and upwards of eighty percent humidity. So that was a, a strange experience after a fourteen-hour flight. I then went to Edinburgh for like 10 days um, and saw a lot of the colour green. Uh, that's not the kind flower. That's not a euphemism for drugs. Oh, um, good. Just, good. just I the, I the colour green. On this podcast. No, of course not. And then, yeah, went to London for a bit, spent a week in Spain. That was very good. Went to the uh, the village where my surname originates from and met a whole bunch of like distant family members. And then spent like one night in Paris, which Ooh, was... That's uh, all well, you need, I can't baby. Say that. <laughs> can't say that. Can't say that. Say that. Are you, are you familiar that One Night in Paris is the actual title of the Paris Hilton uh, sex tape? Like, yes, sex I was tape? aware of that. It's like, <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, like, can you... Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. They oh, really no, did no. not think very hard about that oh, one. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Like, they were, they just, it's right there. It's right there, and they were it's, just like, oh, right it's there. One Night in yeah. Paris, I guess. Isn't that clever? And, I mean, like, what yeah. the f- no, like, like I think they saw their opportunity and they yeah. crushed it. I wish I had a sex tape. Uh, I'm sure you do, Thomas. No, I lost it. <sighs> like in that fun no, Tom, movie? Who do you want to hear that? Yeah. Who do you want to hear that, Thomas? What about that fun movie called Sex Tape that I haven't seen, but that I have to assume is funny, where it's like about, like, I think it's like Cameron Diaz and her boyfriend, like, lose a sex tape and they have to, like, go all over town trying to find it? Oh. Hey, are we still doing that um, travel diary thing? Didn't we finish it? No. Oh, no. There's there's one final chapter. Uh, There's two final chapters. Thank you very much. Okay, Grace, tell us where you've been. It's really not worth the build-up now, I guess. Yeah, Um, this is the weirdest fucking introduction to the podcast we've ever done, but it's just kind of nice. Like, we're just catching up. I mean, we as human beings are just catching up, Mm. for one thing. (laughs) I did um, just pop over to New South Wales. Across the pond, uh, as it were. (laughs) (laughs) There's the big dry pond. (laughs) 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 You know, spent a week... Patting some wombats and Oof. not getting rained on because there's a drought. Oh, oh whoa, yeah. that's the comedy for this week. There's a drought in New South Wales, guys. Oh. It's crippling their farmers. Yeah. Wonderful. Outstanding. Uh, and what about you, Tom? What trip have you been on that you promised to tell us about? My journey. You wouldn't believe it. I um, I went to the Greenwood Tavern. Oh, fuck. Oh, okay. did you go to that Ren Fair? No. no. <laughs> when is that Ren Fair? Nah, that passed. I, oh, shit. Yeah, I That's couldn't justify it the week after we'd been down south. Did you do a like, quiz there? Yeah, I did. It's oh, like 30, 40 minutes north. Nice. Hey, Tom's a quiz master now, which means when we inevitably get into like the, I don't know, like... Dungeons and Dragons quiz game? Yeah. Uh, That's happening. Yeah, That's next, happening next special now. episode. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm, guys, it starts now. Okay, round one, <laughs> question one. What is the coat of arms of the notorious Dungeons and Dragons character, Big B? No idea, but I can tell you this, which is my new question for you guys, which is, what happened last episode? Bet you can't remember, so let's have a recap. When we last left our heroes, they had finally arrived in Hanelport, where they were headed to meet Alyssa Brambles, 
a former associate of Valeria, who the gang believed may know something about the Temple of C. After making a deal with a mysterious criminal outfit, the Black Hens, the party began their perilous journey through the tunnels underneath Hanelport in order to gain access to the city without needing to pass through guard outposts. The team fought some awful fish folk underwater before leveling up to level 9. Upon continuing through the tunnels, they found themselves on the cusp of becoming embroiled in a battle between the fish folk and the town guard. As the party weighed up their options, Drusilia had another vision. That brings us to right now. I like that segue. Yeah, thank you. It was actually the most natural one yet. Yeah, very good. <laughs> very good. Okay, so uh, if I recall, the last thing that happened is Jody was like, "If we don't know what we're fighting for, why are we fighting?" And Dunkar had an existential crisis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's um, <clears throat> so, so where are we at? Um, just wallowing in our own mortality? indecision. Yeah, and you're just hearing like increasing shouts and gurgles and like metal ringing off metal, like echoing down the corridor. Like, yeah, we we have like two options, right? We either head away from the map direction and avoid this fight, or we join the melee. The Super Smash Brothers melee. <laughs> Kirby's in there, <laughs> someone's playing Ness, they're using all kinds of peak of fire. Yeah. It's illegal. I think Jody probably pipes up once more, and is just like, this is um, perhaps one of the few fights we've come across where we have nothing at stake here, and the, the sides are unknown, and I'm, I'm not sure, we, like, we how do how are we supposed to judge what to do here? I think perhaps we have to... We should, like, move forward. You can't go forward. You can only go left and right. Yeah. Ah, ah. It's a T-junction. But BMAC, what you <laughs> underestimate is our ability to dig. <laughs> Dumkan used dig. It's not very effective. <laughs> How's Druzzy feeling about this right now? Yeah, she's probably just a little bit over the conversation. It's like, fucking fine, we'll do whatever. Have we looked around the corner yet? You looked around and saw some people, like, doing a fight. Do we think that we would be able to sneak past without being seen if we go right? Absolutely not. If you go left towards the combat, absolutely not. No, if we go right. Oh, if you go right, yeah, probably. Like, they're distracted, they're fighting each other, like, you could sneak off to the right. And all, all we need is, like, a group... Stealth check, right? Yeah, yeah. A group stealth check. That's Doesn't matter fine. how bad I am in my armor. You guys can just okay. carry him. <laughs> yes, carry Duncan. He's a um, little boy. Hey, hey, Dr- hey, Dr- hey, Druz. How stealthy are you? I'm. I'm can go invisible. So, mm. um, are you gonna, are you going to burn that spell slot? Yeah, I mean, I've still got a couple. Yeah, cool. Okay, yeah, go for it. At this point, Druzzy is probably looking, in fact, at her little pouch of spell slots and going. Haven't had a long rest, probably. Is this like a fun new accessory, canonical accessory for Druzzy? She leveled up, she lost the choker and picked up a pouch of spell slots. <laughs> what? But let's be real. Like, what is the in-world? It's just like know? magical energy. It's just okay. like how much you like are. yeah. Yeah, so she just takes a moment of silent contemplation. <laughs> Gathering her thoughts. Yeah, and um she's feeling a bit beat. Well yeah, so sincerely, what's what's your like stealth score? Like like how how stealthy are you? Um, it's flat. Okay. I realized something troubling about the pouch metaphor you provoked because a sorcerer's magical ability is like innate in a way to their like bloodline, particularly with a draconic bloodline. Mm-hmm. And so I'm picturing you with like a marsupial style pouch. <laughs> 
inside which your magic resides. A kangaroo is it? Yeah. And she just like reaches in and scoops out some magic yeah. whenever she needs it. Ooh, I kind of see dragons with a pouch. Yeah, pouch mean? dragons. Yeah. Dragaroos, as they're called. I suppose they're definitely egg kind of creatures, aren't they? Yeah, but there's no reason you can't have an egg pouch. Ooh. Mm. A little Easter bunny pouch? A pouch for your eggs. Yeah. Yeah, see? Alright, fucking Jody, J- Jody turns to Drozzy and is like, I can, I think I should, I can cast guidance on you and we, we should try and stealth around this side and avoid the fight. Yeah, sounds great. Would you be better guiding Duncan or is he? I think uh, he is a lost I think, cause. yeah, Jody's perspective is that Duncan is probably going to fail anyway. Uh, okay. And like, if you have two passes in a fail, you pass the check. Yeah, it's it's one of those strange, like, uh, strange, like, laws of physics in this world where if there's three people in a group and two of them are very stealthy, then the third is also stealthy. Jody, my friend, another option is you could give me that sneaky cloak that you have. Ah. Oh. Okay, well, th- listen, there are some advantages and some disadvantages, as I learned after creating it. Yes, you, you get plus one stealth, but negative one perception in, on your charisma checks. But yeah, I think Jody can, like, disrobe that and, like, toss it towards Druzzy. Yeah, I reckon let's go for it. Welcome to T-Junction Cast, the new podcast where all we do is talk about ways to get out of a T-Junction. <laughs> I mean, Benjamin, we're, we're about to. At this point, like you, like you should use that level 9 thing on yourself because we're about to do it. Yeah, so do it then. Let's make some stealth rolls if you guys are sneaking right. And I'll make some... And give me a disadvantage, Duncan. What do I get with Bless or Guidance? A D4. Jaboy just got a 23. Woo! And I have plus nothing to Dex. Yeah, wow. I'm 24. Yeah, with with the the cloak. Oh my god. Very, very good. DK? Alright. 20. Oh! Listen to these stealth stealth children. Alright, Jody, what are we doing? Yeah, it doesn't really matter. I rolled a 16, I got plus 5, so 21. Yeah, nice. Oh, you guys like just like meld into the wall (laughs) and become shadow creatures and just like. You know, uh, yeah, that, Do you that... know how Duncan did it? Go on. He looked at the stony ground beneath him and was like, I don't know which <laughs> of these stones are quiet. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's like I understand this. Yeah. He's like, I've, I've been training my whole stone. life for this moment. Yeah, it's like a, like a cross the Nightingale floor thing where like the guy spent like years training to walk across this floor like without triggering the alarm. I don't know, was that way too esoteric a reference? Yeah, yeah, Jackson, yeah, yeah. tell me you got that one. <laughs> you should have gone with Entrapment. Yeah, yeah, dude, I, I, I'm with you, I'm with Jackson you. Is on, Jackson's on my trip. And also Catherine Zeta-Jones, so I remember it. Yeah, okay, well good. So you guys go right. Guys, we did it. We oh beat it. Oh my god. Very good. Okay, uh, as you guys... did that junction dunked. Uh, yeah, I, I rolled the disadvantage perception check, and like they fucked it up because they're in the middle of a fight, and yeah, they had disadvantage. Nice. They don't see you sneak away from this T-junction. And then all of a sudden, you guys are walking down unfamiliar corridors. And after a little while, you find yourself going off the edge of this map that you have. But you know that, like, essentially if you, like, turn left and, like, left again and stuff, you'll, you'll be finding yourself back in places that you know. Can I get, like, a like a navigation check? I guess that's a survival check. Probably a sailor? Yeah, who's... Yeah, probably the sailor, right? Yeah, dude. Yeah. So what, what, what kind of... You want a survival well, actually, check from this board? Plus uh, five survival. You're plus five I'm plus survival? Seven. I'm plus yeah, seven. I'm plus seven. Yeah. No, I believe that, mind. Jackson. I was just surprised that Drazilia is plus five survival. Yeah, specialized. Earth, do you... can, I, can, can I cast guidance? On yourself? Can I cast yeah, guidance absolutely, on myself? Man. Hell yeah. 
Okay, that's a 19, plus 7 is 26. I'm going to do Guidance as well, uh, that's plus 2, so 28. Very, very good. Okay, so with a 28, like, you basically continue down this tunnel, and, like, at the first one that, like, branches off to the left, you look at it, and you, like, by figuring out some of the other bits of the tunnels that are, like, included on the map, you, like, intuit that that's probably not the one you want. And you avoid going down this, like, dead-end tunnel, and you take, like, another tunnel a little further on, and Jody just kind of, like, leads the way, like, fucking straight wrong, with his fucking night vision goggles on, by the way, so this is probably a look. Yeah. It's, it's, it's dark down here. Yeah, it's dark down here, yeah, Jody's like, no, no, this way, like, taking you down all these tunnels and shit. So, after some time of taking these different tunnels and corridors, you're, like, pretty sure, you're like, alright, one more left, then, like, straight, and, like, we're back on track. Like, we will have bypassed that whole area and come out ahead of it, heading back on, like, the map direction. And you hang this left, and you see the tunnel ahead of you continues for a while, and then crumbles away. And opening before you is a pit, and at the wall perpendicular to the direction of travel of the tunnel, there are a few pipes, like, coming in from adjacent tunnels with, like, foul-looking water spilling down the sides of the wall into this pit, which, when you peer down it, you can see extends down into, like, a big coursing river of dark water. It's, like, part of the tunnel system that has, like, crumbled away into, like, the next level below. But the pipes are on our level? They've broken. So there's, there's like, a pipe passing through that's, like, broken and fallen through, and so there's, like, water coming out of one side of it. And it's, like, fucked up the floor. Yeah, yeah. It all presumably happened at some point. You don't know whether the pipe broke the floor or whether it all just kind of happened. egg. Yeah. Yeah, Um, exactly. Can, like, Jody roll, like, an, I guess, like, an investigate or a perception check or something to see what would have caused it? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Probably investigation, because, like, you're not trying to see it. Well, if it's investigation, that's not going to be as good. <laughs> uh, so it's a four, It's a 14 and then negative one for investigation. So I should have done guidance. It's okay. Whatever. 13. I, I will say, like, with that, like, check is enough for you to think, like, there's probably nothing, like, there's no impending threat here. Like, this is just, like, a disused section of the tunnels that has, like, fallen into disrepair. And, like, a part of it has just crumbled away. Oh, okay. I was thinking it was potentially where the fish friends had, like, come from. No, no, you definitely don't get that vibe. Like, there's no, like, trail of, like, okay. slimy fish boys coming out of it. Cool, like, cool, a cool, cool. Yeah. version. Yeah, 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 I thought maybe we'd stumbled across, like, the worst possible place to be. <laughs> <laughs> we just would have been, like, inundated by fish. But that's yeah, cool. No. How big is the pit? It's, like, the full width of the tunnel, and probably, like, 30 feet long. Like, it's just, like, a section of the floor. Has Ooh, just 30 fallen. feet. Yeah, like, 10 meters. So we're fucked. We can't get across. Well, I guess we have I to mean, go fight. Um, or you could use... Wait, so, so, sorry, some... describe, it, describe it to me again. So, as in, right, like, so, so tunnel, is it just, like, the, uh, imagine the, a the bottom is gone? Yeah, imagine a tunnel that you guys are walking yeah. through. It's, like, a regular-sized tunnel. It's not very wide or tall. Like, just a section of the floor has just fallen through. Okay, all right. So, so it's 30 feet across? Mm-hmm. Alright, Jody takes out the 50 feet of silken rope he has with him, which uh-huh. has been in my equipment list for a while, uh-huh. hands it to Duncan and says, hang on to this, and then he runs horizontally across the wall over to the other side, <laughs> and then uh, uh, sort of plants down there. Okay, so now we have a rope across. You could do that! Yeah, Just yeah, yeah. run along walls now! <laughs> yeah, I can. That's the thing. <laughs> I'm really yeah. glad that's not something you had to take a check for. Because just imagine if just right fall. here and now, you went in, mm. I didn't let go in time, I went in, and Drazi just has to save the world alone. <laughs> but then next time there's an option to not do it, she's like, you know what, I'm going to sit this one out. And the yeah. world ends. <laughs> so yeah, you've, you've spanned the gap. Congratulations. I mean, how does that feature work? Like, do you literally just have the ability to essentially walk on walls? I can I can move up, down, left, sideways, across any surface, um, provided that... Like it's within my range of movement, uh, which is currently 
what is it at the moment? 45 feet, 90 if I dash. So, yeah. That's bananas. So you can just run yeah. 45 feet across a wall. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, yeah. I've been looking forward to this feat, like, <laughs> so much. That's fucked. Well, there you go, dude. You may as well, like, run the whole gap, run back across it, and then run back again in your dash. <laughs> like, just to make a point. Like, just, like, completely <laughs> fucking three crossings. Drazi would probably try and use those survival skills that she's been honing to, like, I don't know, attach it somewhere? The rope? Yeah. That's now spanning the gap? So, like, you guys have got, like, like dungeon kits, I guess. So, like, yeah. in your backpack, you've got, like, pitons and, like, hammers and shit. Like, peg it into the ground. Yeah, you could, like, peg the rope in. I think Jody's like, um, don't worry, anything you use, I can just run back and get anyway. So, there's, there's, no, there's nothing consumable here. <laughs> This is just like completely not an obstacle for Jody. Like he doesn't even need he doesn't even need to take a check to get across it. Oh, you know what Josie does? She takes out a fucking dagger and stabs the silk rope into the ground. Well, that might be cool, but uh, I'll let you decide if that's a sensible way to secure the rope in. Do you know what my intelligence is, Ben? Yeah, it's not great. Thankfully, so, Duncan's wisdom is high enough that he's not going to cross using that method. Okay, exactly. Either using a stake or a dagger or whatever the fuck you like, you can secure this rope to the ground. What are you doing with that? Like, you've now just got a rope at ground level spanning, like, yeah, you're going to, like, uh, like fucking... You could tightrope across. You're going to tightrope across. No, I'm not. Have you got a beam, like, to use to balance, like, a fucking staff or something? Yeah, I do yeah you staff. do have a literal staff. That's true. I guess if I can, like... You know, monkey climb my way across. Would that be a strength check or? I'm pretty sure climbing. Like, unless there's some reason that you sh- like wouldn't be able to do it, I think you can just do it. Okay, well, like, yeah. I'm bloody do it. So yeah, I mean, like, fuck, like using like magic fucking monk powers once again Jody the human magic item and like multi-tool kit has (laughs) circumvented this obstacle with uh, comparative ease and yeah you guys can kind of like monkey climb your way across the rope unless anyone else has like a cool thing they want to do what would happen if Drazi just cast Ray of Frost at the river below like 20 times I think like you can't really freeze that much water that well I was thinking you might have like levitate or fly or something but I guess you don't have either of those. So thank heavens for Jody Mistana. Otherwise it would have required like a fucking climb check or something using those like pipes as handholds and shit. But no, fuck that. Fuck the peril. You guys are across the pit and well done. And now you are walking back through the tunnel network that you were in before. And like you, you could sort of tell by like the directions of the tunnels and their locations with respect to each other that you're back on the map now as you understood it. And you've moved past the chamber where the awful fish fight was going on. It's probably not too long before you find yourselves uh, coming up to the place you want to be. You take a series of turns and then this tunnel comes to a dead end with a ladder. A what appears to be reasonably new or like comparatively new and well-maintained ladder heading straight upwards. And you you know from the briefing that you received that at the top of that ladder is a trapdoor that heads into the basement of the Black Hen's illicit stockhouse inside Hamilton proper. <laughs> Have I gone insane or was the first group of criminals that we encountered called the Black Hands and these are the Black Hens? No, it was hens the whole time. The Black Hand gang killed Franz Ferdinand and started the war. <laughs> was it the Black Hand? There's no Black, no black Hand in this, in this, in this podcast. Well, I think as we're like sort of coming up to it, I think Jody probably hands back Druzzy's uh, dagger, which she would have like run back and grabbed for her. Um, <laughs> and is like, um, 
So, going ahead, let's just remember that we did use a trident to secure Duncan some of that um, drang that he needed. Um, so... Need is a strong one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I use it intentionally. Um, yeah. Oh my god, is Jody talking to the DM? Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. Um, <laughs> We might need to uh, think about what we say to the um, to the uh, the recipients of the package. Josie's feeling very patronized. <laughs> <laughs> he learns to walk on walls, and he thinks he's just a god amongst wow. men. Yeah, listen. Um, okay, fair enough. <laughs> l- l- let's, l- let's not remember what happened the last time we went into a Black Hen's establishment where Duncan took the social engagement and Druzzy just stood there winking at the opposition. <laughs> just so we're clear, this isn't Jody be- This isn't Jody being up himself. This is Jody just trying to divert disaster. Jody's like, okay, Jody, I've got it, thanks, and yeah. just barrels up the ladder. Remember, you've got that cool charm amulet. That, uh, yeah. yeah, you also probably want to take that minus charisma hood off because it will negate the effects of your charm amulet. Oh, yeah, she throws the hood back at Jody and yeah. climbs up the ladder. That's right. Maybe she, like, gets halfway up the ladder and then drops it so it, like, billows down in a very cool way. Ooh. That's pretty stylish. Kind of, like, spooky. Yeah, like, yeah. she's like, look, guys, a ghost. It <laughs> <laughs> yeah. just, like, floats to the ground. It's like one a- of the villains from Pac Man. Yeah, it's, it's. <laughs> Inky. And then you get to the top of the ladder, and there's a trapdoor, sure enough. It's a metallic trapdoor. What do you do? Open it. You can't. Uh, Did we get taught a special knock or something? No. I'm all about ideas, guys. (laughs) (laughs) I tried pushing it, that's it. Um, give it a knock. Okay. Do you knock on it? Yeah. Okay. You knock loudly, quietly, medium, soft. I do a... I see. You hear what sounds like a chair scraping across the ground... You hear, like, some, like, scurrying around, like, footsteps. You can hear, like, murmured talking. Then, a few seconds later, the trapdoor is thrown open very quickly. And standing immediately uh, in your line of sight is a small dwarf man wielding a big crossbow pointed directly in your face. And he says, yeah, who are you? Um, hello, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Warned you and everything. Uh- <laughs> Just start winking, I'll take it from you. <laughs> yeah. So we go down the ladder, he's like, let me at it. Alright, you're into a farming dwarf, let's talk about rocks. Ah. <laughs> let's talk about dwarf stuff. Yeah. No, uh, Drazi says, um, good day, sir. We come bearing the package from fucking, what was... Mo- Moko was her name. Moko Ono. <laughs> as soon as you say Moko, he's like, oh, Moko, eh? Moko, was it alright then? Uh, let's see it. Um, oh, do you want to see our package, mate? Yeah, I, I do, mate. And who are you down there? How many more of you are there? There's three of us. Three of you. He, like, looks at the crossbow bolt in his thing and then, like, looks at the other two in the quiver in his thing. He's like, yeah, one, two, three. Yeah, all right. Yeah, okay. What? He just wants to make sure he's got enough in case things go wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's... You know? <laughs> Always be prepared. Poor dwarf are... thinks yeah. he can drop me with a crossbow bolt. Yeah, all right. Uh, all right, well... Why, why don't you crawl out of that hole there nice and slowly? You find a penny, mate. One at a time and uh, get out the package. Um, okay. Do you yep. slowly crawl out of the hole? 
Yeah. Okay. As you slowly crawl out of the hole, you find yourself in a dark room. It's got like a cold stone floor. There's some wooden benches around and like, it just, it looks like a, like a, maybe it's like a basement room or at the very least it's kind of like a back room. Other than the dwarf man in front of you wielding the crossbow, you become aware as you exit the hole of another figure in the room, which is another dwarf man who has just thrown the trapdoor open and is now holding another crossbow. And so there's two crossbows trained on you uh, as you crawl up out of the hole. And then the first guy says back to you, yeah, the other two of you stay in the hole for now. Uh, I just want to see the package. Duncan, present the package. Oh, he got it. Yeah, I got it. Oh, fuck. Fuck, all right. (laughs) (laughs) Then you get get out of it too, I guess then. Fucking hell. Do I have to stay down? Yeah, stay down there. Yes, you have to. For for now. Get, get, show me the package. I climb up. Yep. And pull out the package. And do you hand it to him? I know, I'm holding it. I'm like, can we relax now? He, like, like takes, like, one step closer and, like, takes a look at the package and, like, recognises it as one of these shipments. And you see him, like, visibly relax a little bit. He definitely doesn't put the crossbow, like, down, but he just, like, leans it down to the side of him rather than, like, pointing it at anyone. He's like, yeah, all right, that does look about right. All right, you... What, you guys new highs or something? What, what's been going on? Why haven't we had a package or a message in weeks? What's what's the deal? Like, what... what What's been happening? Can I can can I get up there? I, I feel yeah, like oh, yeah, be, um... yeah, get get yeah, come on, come on out, mate. Yeah, sorry, you know, can't be too cautious and all that. Uh, my name's Jimmy. That's Bimmy, and uh, we're <laughs> we're kind of the the doorkeepers down here oh, yeah? for the operation. And uh, what, what what's been going on? Why, why we haven't heard from Moco in weeks? Do they call you BJ? No, it's JB actually. Because I was first born, we're twins, this is now canon. We're twin brothers, named Jimmy and Bimmy. Honestly, oh, I'm I relieved. thought Bimmy was the crossbow. <laughs> <laughs> we're no, twin brothers. Yeah. 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 <laughs> My crossbow brother. <laughs> you oh, imagine? there's the episode title. This is my, my brother, Bimmy. <laughs> He's a crossbow. <laughs> and these are our sons, the Bolts. <laughs> my brother and my sons? Very good, okay. So yeah, yeah. He, he he takes the package off you. Or rather, he probably doesn't, but Bimmy steps around and says, Yeah, g'day, how you going? Yeah, we have the same voice, it's not weird, we're twins. And, uh... <laughs> Are we only going to come across, like, twins and triplets from now on? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, economy of voices? It's all just going to be brothers of Jimmy and Bimmy. Like, additional siblings of Jimmy and Bimmy. I can't wait to hear what every consonant sounds in front of Bimmy. Yeah. It's going to be Demi. Shimmy? Oh. Shimmy's a dancer. That one on the dance floor, yeah. We only have 24 more characters to meet for the rest of the show. No, dude. You're thinking too narrowly. We're we're talking... I mean, Shimmy, for example. That's two letters right there, my friend. Combine them up. what about the other Shimmy spelled with a C. Yeah, there's a whole world of possibilities. Shwimmy? Chimmy. <laughs> Slimmy. Alright, so Bimmy comes over and he takes the package out of your hand. He walks over to one of the tables and he plops it down. Bimmy, who has the package, turns around and says, yeah, there's, uh, what's, 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 what's going on here? There's some, some, some stab marks in it. It looks like it's been torn open. Yeah, that's why you haven't seen anyone for fucking months, mate. God, I'm imitating his accent. Yeah, well, what, what the hell? <laughs> was that like Brazilian's <laughs> new vibe? Oh this my part, god! This is part of her um, charisma, you know, enhancement. Oh, is that she just right. assimilates to the um, the environment she's in? Exactly. Does she also like use people's first names a lot? Yeah. Like, when talking to them. Bimmy, let me tell you. <laughs> 
Go on. So like, do, you, do you explain to them, like, about the, the, the fish people incursions and how, like, yeah. Moko hasn't been able to get any packages in and that's why she sent you guys? Yeah. Okay. And in response to the, the statement of, like, about the, the scores, the slashes in the package that you guys definitely did deliberately make, I guess you're lying about that and not mentioning that you stole a portion of the drang. Oh, I thought we were going to rock up and be like... We took the drang. Arrest yeah. me, officer. We stole from you, criminal gang. Yeah, no. Um, <laughs> considering... Take me to jail. <laughs> Take us to jail, please. Um, Can we get pulled over. <laughs> She's like, I'm so yeah. sorry. I did a crime. Put <laughs> me in prison. Put me in jail. Officer, we, officer, we stole this man's drugs. Please take us to jail. We're thieves. Yeah, so you, you guys tell the story and you just like basically lie about that one part of it. I'm guessing Drazilia is taking the lead on telling the story and she is going to make the deception check. I am going to give you advantage though, considering how good of a role Jody had on like the sleight of hand check to make it look Ooh, like okay. a forgery thing. So take a deception check with advantage. Yeah, it's a 22. Fuck yeah. Uh, yep, that'll do. Yeah. On this very poor insight check. Okay, so they, they buy your story, <coughs> hook, line, and sinker. Jimmy uh, seems to be, you know, the he was probably the firstborn twin. Uh, he's like, yeah, well, um, thanks for that. Sorry about all the crossbow stuff. You know, you can't be too careful. Uh, we haven't heard in weeks, and so we were a little bit a little bit suspicious when when the knock came. Uh, it is night now. I guess you've been trekking through tunnels. It's pretty late. Uh, what do you, you want to want to rest up? Like we can probably find some cots for you for the night if that. If that takes your fancy, or do you want to go on your own way? Bimmy, I would love that. Well, this is Jimmy you're talking to, so he definitely <laughs> fucked that up. Jimmy's like, Jimmy's like, yeah, again, Jimmy, Bimmy, um, yeah, it does happen all the time, kind of thought, yeah, or, you know, forget about it, yeah, I'll go find the rooms, and he, he like, he heads out the, the door and leaves Bimmy standing there, unpacking. Bimmy's counting the parcels as he's unpacking, and he's like, oh, yeah, two, four, six... Oh, that is usually ten. One, one must have fallen out. Bimmy, that is so weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they've already bought your lies, so that that happens. Um, suffice to say, like Jimmy comes back like a couple minutes later, and he's like, "Yeah, so I uh, got some little uh, little dorm room for you. There's a couple of cots in there for the night. You can uh, just a couple. Well, you know, there's actually four, but uh, I figured you might want to use one of them to like put your gear on and stuff. I don't know how you like to do things. Well, mate, if the sun's gone down, then." It has, yeah, it's night time, so why don't you why don't you go and do whatever it is you want? I'm gonna take no part in it, and I won't be privy to the rest of this discussion. I won't even allow it to be in the podcast. In fact, it's all gonna be cut. Every last word. And uh Don't cut it, I love Jimmy so much. Are Bimmy are Bimmy and Jimmy like a Tom Bombadil of this of this show? I, I don't think they're immensely powerful creatures, if that's what you're implying. Well, just in the sense that they have, like, control over the podcast and, like, the narrative of the show yeah. in a way in which no character we've come across Jimmy has. was like, yeah, I'm cutting all this shit that you said. It's dumb. <laughs> um, yeah, that's right. All right, so you guys get shown to a room. It's a very nondescript room, but it's perfectly comfortable. There's four little cots, uh, not much else, and you guys can sleep it off. You can have a long rest for the first time in a while. Oh, Yes. Yeah, so you've got all your shit back. You've had a nice rest in this quiet, relaxing room. And uh, then in the the full light of day, uh, you walk out. You can probably explore this building. And you pretty quickly find it's a small, like, nondescript two-story building with a basement room. It doesn't, like really purport to be anything. It's kind of like a residential house that is used as a front. And it's quite bare inside. Jimmy and Bimmy live there and they basically just bear the way in and out. And they're very grateful that you've managed to secure the passage through the tunnels. Yeah, the next morning, Jimmy says, 
yeah, I guess uh, I hope the night's sleep was to, to your liking and uh, I guess you'll be on your way. Yep. See ya. Bye. Yeah, it did. Bye. Some, yeah, g- goodbye. Hang on, are they meant to pay us? I think we were paid in passage, right? You were paid in, yeah, like the map that you used to get in here. Uh, we could try it on, though. <laughs> yeah, you'd be like, oh, we were promised money? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, try it if you want. No, it's not worth it. Yeah. I don't want to get shot. Yeah, you don't want to get John Lennon style. You don't want to get shanked by some drugs. See, criminals. to be to be to be fair, you are wearing full plate armor, and the man does have a crossbow. Yeah, that's true. I mean, mm. I would be fine. I'm more making a joke about Yoko Ono coming after us. Mm. Uh, you don't want to make more of an enemy of Moko. Yeah, so Jimmy and Jimmy, she, it w- like that was that was proved, wasn't it? That Yoko Ono assassinated John Lennon. Yeah, John Lennon? definitely, one hundred percent. That's and that's true. Hello again, it's me checking in in the middle of the show. Just wanted to say thanks for listening to episode 30. We're so excited to have made it this far and it really is all thanks to you. If nobody was listening, there is just no way we'd keep making the show. So we hope you are enjoying it. Want to do a quick shout out to Podknife? That's at Podknife on Twitter. They're an independent podcast review site and they tweeted us out recently. So many thanks and go show them some love. If you want to show us some love, Go tweet or Facebook at or about us. Or hit us up on Reddit. Yes, we have that. Or even Instagram at Curio Network, where we've been sharing images of the recording sessions and stuff that we talk about on the show and just general frivolity. Anyway, thanks again, as always, for listening. We've loved growing the show with your help, and now we can keep growing. If you want to help us out, ratings and reviews and shares and all that shit are amazingly helpful. Okay, we won't take up any more of your time. Enjoy the rest of the show. Outstanding. So you guys are, are turned out basically pretty unceremoniously on the streets of Hanelport. You've got your gear. And I thought, guys, friends, that this might be a fun time for you guys to spend some of the money that you've accumulated over the course of this podcast. Oh. Specifically the money that you accumulated in our live episode that we recorded where you guys stole from a dragon <laughs> horde uh, and filled oh your goodness. backpacks with gold. So I've mathed it out. Here's what I did. Here's what I did, guys. I went and did some maths. And I figured out that I think you have between you, from that hoard, 11,000 gold pieces. Because that, that, that is about 100 kilos of gold. And I think, like, between the three of you, like, 100 kilos of gold is probably sensible oh, no. for what you, what you yanked up out of that dragon hoard. Carryable, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so I'm going ahead and saying that you guys have 11,000 pieces. And let me tell you, you guys are in Hanelport now. Hanelport is like, I mean, like, Jody's been here before, Duncan's been in Carthus, but for Drasilia, this is like something else. You've never been in a city this big and bustling. You're like in a little residential section right now, which is where this like sort of front house is, but this place is like big. Like, there's people walking on the streets everywhere, there's lots of buildings, there's, Jody would know from his time here, there's like a merchant quarter and an artisan's quarter, he knows where the university is. We kind of discussed earlier how like Hanelport is very trade heavy, considering it's the primary port city. So yeah, I mean, like, it, it's a good place to find pretty much anything. And as we know, if the thing you want is a little more shady, you probably make your way down to Portside. Although I don't think you guys will be doing that considering the trouble you just expended to get into the city. Yeah, you can you can find, like, I, I would say, like, anything in the DM's guide under equipment, you can pretty much find. And, like, we've discussed a couple more exotic things. 
Oh, I didn't realize it'd be so much money. Yeah, I think that little Drozzy in the big city has no kind of upper limit conception of like what goods would be available. So she's just, you know, pie floats for breakfast, anyone? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, pie floats are pretty exciting. So are we we like sort of like just to prep us as we're like heading into this more market phase and I hope we have some like very good uh, music underscore. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. In fact, you know what? Wait, 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 wait. The market music starts right now. And then it's going to start, like 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 I said it would. It's yeah, going to be very good. good. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah, dude. I think as we're, like, talking, like, we're realising there's markets around and that sort of thing, Jody probably turns to Duncan and is like, <clears throat> um, Duncan, I, um, <laughs> this is <laughs> not to be, um, how you say, um, I, I, I remember the last time we were at the market that I think I might have, you know, I think I might have loaned you some small portion of gold. I um I I don't I don't want to be that guy so to speak, but I I, I just just so it's um in the conversation. I um I just thought I I I I I'd bring it bring it bring it up. That's a very interesting uh, topic. Um, if that is the case, I must have written it down on a sheet of paper I no longer have, so I don't really know if I know what you're talking about. <laughs> Yeah, it's the time you want a full plate armor. You borrowed from me as well. Yeah, uh, you definitely borrowed everyone's <laughs> money to buy full plate armor. Well, aren't you just a pair of sports? <laughs> 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 All right, so have you guys given some thought to some things you want to purchase? I understand you might have some mundane things, so maybe let's do that first, and we can just kind of like all picture a scene in our minds where you guys go to like the regular market. Uh, in the, like, merchant section, and you can buy, like, any number of, like, mundane things. It's, like, clothing shops and, like, exploring shops and shit like that. I know Drozzy wanted a new hat. Yeah, um, she's going to go in for a nice sort of red velvet fair. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, cool. Like a Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego-esque kind of hat, or, like, a, you know, like the big red hat, but, okay, never mind. Yeah, cool, so we can go, we can go to a hat store, and I'm gonna say you can buy yourself a nice fine hat for the low, low price of five gold pieces. Done. No sunburn here. Yeah, nice. It's going to be great. A nice, a nice floppy hat. Slip, slop, slap, kids. Uh, great. So you've got your hat. Who else wanted mundane stuff? You wanted some mundane shit, Jacko. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Is this like same... What do they call people that make hats? What's the, milliners. What's the word? Milliners, yeah. Does the mil is the milliners like near like just like sort of like a general sort of like textiles and fabrics sort of yeah. market? Is yeah, that you're like very much vibe? in the textile district of Hanelport right now. Hell yeah. So uh proceed. Yeah, Jody has a proficiency uh with tools as a monk, which he has never actually invested in. Uh-huh. Um and following his recent exploits uh with the cloth from Espero. <laughs> I think Jody's gonna uh, invest in some like tools for tailoring, tailoring like making his own. Clothes. Yeah, nice, nice, yeah. nice, nice, nice. Uh, do you know how much those cost according to the the book? What I'm trying to think of what the closest would be. Like a leather worker's tools is like five GP. Yeah, let's um, go with that. Let's just use leather worker's tools, and that's a negligible amount of money considering the eleven thousand fucking gold that you had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, so very, sure. very good. So you, you've got your money. Did anyone else want anything else mundane and like non non interesting? Um, I would like to buy a wagon and I would like to employ some skilled hirelings. Okay, Tom, how much is the wagon? <laughs> I thought we were doing 
doing mundaneries. Mm. This is mundane. <laughs> In that it's not magical, absolutely. Yeah, Man, what a, what a fucking privileged lifestyle. Yeah, yeah. Like buying a wagon and underlings. Human beings, mundane. Yeah. So the wagon would be thirty-five gold pieces. Okay, the horses to pull it. The cre- draft horse. The people. Pull- <laughs> it's a fucking rickshaw. Some cunts no. making a no. rickshaw. <laughs> or maybe I should get a chariot instead. Should I get a chariot? No, what are you going to do with no, this and where are you going to keep it? It's ostentatious. What are you going to do with this? The hirelings will look after it. Okay, fine. So you're just like, hi, I'm a person who isn't going to disclose my identity to you. Take care of my wagon. See you later. <laughs> no, as in we can go out on the road with it. Okay. You know, we can get a canvas back so that we can travel more surreptitiously. Okay, fine. So... And I'm going to hire actors, the skilled hirelings, <laughs> to drive it around. <laughs> And I'm also going to... It's a networking opportunity for Duncan to move into the acting world. Okay. I like this, like, as a general thing. Are you planning on leaving What about when we go into the web? Okay, fine. I'll buy the wagon later. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm on board with this. I want to go find a wagoner. Yep. A wagon wheel. And just, like, scope one out. And I want to put word out that I'm looking for actors. Who's looking for actors? The hottest new theatre troupe. The hottest new travelling wagon-based theatre company in Hamilton. Yeah. Stick up some flyers and yeah. audition, paid gig. <laughs> That's all you need. Yeah, literally, just, it just says paid gig and has like a time and a place. Okay, wow. And is the, when is the time and the place? I'm fucking taking note of this. When, um, when are Duncan's wagon-driving actor auditions? Okay. Um, in... Be oh, careful wait. because, like, wh- whatever date you name will be, like, the climactic moment of, like, the podcast yeah. where Duncan has to choose between get- making it to auditions or fighting <laughs> in, like, the grand battle. So be very careful with what date you give. Okay. So I'll make... I need word to get around. So I'll make it, like, three days from now. Okay. Uh, so that if this adventure is done really quickly, we don't have to stay here too long. It's just three days. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to pay a skilled hireling to go to that audition for me and audition the people. Now... As like a director. Yeah. I'm hiring a casting director. <laughs> okay, so we're split screen at the moment. Okay, let's, let's just get this let's just get this sorted. So like Josie's hat shopping, Jody's buying tailoring gear, and Dugan's like, yeah, well uh, meet up with you guys later. And he like goes and has a day where he goes to the wagon district, talks to a wagoner, and he's like, I'm probably gonna buy a wagon soon, just so you know. I'm interested in this kind of wagon, like describes the wagon he's gonna want. Yeah. And the guy's like, Oh interesting, I'll keep that in mind. And then he what goes to find like where the actors hang out in the like arts and entertainment district and yeah, like yeah. Basically, goes to the local cafes. Yeah, puts up like his flyers, prints his flyers, puts up his flyers, and hires someone to go to auditions. <laughs> What's the name of the guy you hire? Well, or the I, lady you hire. I think probably. Uh, <laughs> what are the auditions? We'll roll, we'll roll a d six. If it's high, if it's a high, it's a lady. If it's low, it's a guy. So it's a one. So it's a guy. Mm-hmm. I'm hiring a male casting director called Barnaby Timmet Shallot. I thought mine was better. But... Barnaby, you reckon? Yeah. Yeah, he's called Barnaby Timmett Shallot. I was finishing okay. the name for you. Okay, his name is Barnaby Timmett <laughs> Shallot, the greatest actor in Hanleford. Yeah. You're hiring him um, to audition people for the role of wagon driver. Yes. Now, Benjamin, so what does he sound like? Benjamin, can we can we meet this? Yes, we meet okay, this right, let's have this bar scene. Yes, I'm Barnaby Timmett Shallot, and I accept your engagement... <laughs> I shall see the, the the local riffraff in the square. Three days hence, I will audition them for the role of a lifetime. <laughs> and 
I'm going to say putting together this whole fucking ridiculous production, printing flyers, engaging Barnaby, Timot, Charlotte, that all costs you 15 gold pieces. Okay, now, come on. <laughs> it is two gold pieces per day for the skilled hireling. Okay, but Barnaby, Timot, Charlotte, the greatest actor I'll go to three. I'll go to three. Let's not get ridiculous. <laughs> he, he commands at least... All right, three. He commands three <laughs> gold pieces. He has a loading for and, being... And you're... And you're, you're getting a lot of flyers, dude, as well. Yeah. Like That's the thing. Like, like, the rest of the gold pieces in, like, so in a lot of flyers. Pay him three, do- three gold pieces for his help today. Three gold pieces in advance for the audition day. You've got to hold him on retainer. He's, um, he's, on retainer? Yeah, he'll take okay. other jobs. <laughs> okay, you know what? 15 gold pieces. I'll cop it. I'll cop it. <laughs> Holding Barnaby Timot Shallot on retainer for the next three days. To audition people for the role of Wagoner. Yeah. Okay. We need we need a driver and a shotgun. <laughs> okay, so there's going to be two actors that you're hiring to drive a wagon. Yeah. Okay, very good. I really enjoyed this Barnaby Timot Shadow character, and I hope good. we come back and meet him again later. Okay, so you guys have spent cumulatively, what, fucking 30 gold pieces, if that, at this point, yeah. out of your 11,000. So why don't we get tucked into some of the more interesting shit you want to buy? Now, Jody, you did send me an item. What do you think's the flavour on this? Like, how do you think Jody finds this particular thing? I think Jody is probably, like, th- the man can't, like, really wear any armour or anything like that. So I think he's probably also going to, like, while he's in the textiles or in the fabrics uh, arena, um, he's going to buy, called. like... It's called yeah, um, yeah. Gobina's Textile Arena. That's the name yeah, of the store. I love it Gobina so is much. the lady who runs Gobina? I hardly know her. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what the assistant who walks around the store up. says, like, every time anyone says uh, the name of the store. He's uh, <laughs> like... Uh, <laughs> um... Yeah, jo- Jody's, Jody's, like, first up, Jody's gonna buy, like, a, a bunch of, like, very, like, white fabric, essentially, uh-huh. from Gobina, and then, like, sort of, I think, like, stroll around a little further, and ideally, like, come across, like, a merchant who's, like, peddling cloaks of some description. Yeah, yeah, so, so, like, are you deliberately looking for, like, a magic cloak, or are you just, like, looking for a cool cloak? Well, I think... Here's the thing, like both or either or in a way. Like okay, if there's okay. a cloak which is like magical, very cool. But if there's a cloak which just looks like like a really, really very cool. Okay, okay. Well, here's, here's how I think this plays well. out. Here's how I think this plays out. I think you like you buy this stuff from Gobina's textile arena, and you ask Gobina if she has like an array of cloaks, and she tells you that she more like deals in the materials. But you want to head over to Scriven's Cloak Corner, which is actually in the artisan district, where Scriven. Hang on, Scriven's. Scri- Scriven, yeah, Scriven, Scriven, okay, Scriven, yeah, Scriven's Cloak Corner. Uh, he's like the greatest cloak maker in Hanelport. And I think you go there and it's like a nice pokey little shop. It's one of those places that like, it like, everything feels really like well worn and like, like the wood. It's all like dark wood that's very smooth and like, feels like nicely worn in. The place has a very comfortable feel to it and it's like the walls and tables are lined with like various rich cloaks of different colours and there is Scriven, an old man sitting at a desk and he's like, oh, hello, sir. Looking for a cloak, are we? I have cloaks of all descriptions, great and small. Uh, what what interests you? He kind of sounds like uh, Tim and Charlotte. No, they're both just old men. <laughs> Good day, shopkeep. I was, um... Scriven! Uh, <laughs> Scriven, yes. It, it's a, a pleasure to meet you. I was hoping to um, inquire about your coolest and or uh, most magical cloak of some description. 
he, he kind of chuckles and says, Oh, most magical, you say? Well, I suppose I, I have a few such items for discerning customers. They're not cheap, though. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm so tempted <laughs> by, <laughs> by the lilt of your voice. <laughs> it makes you want to spend money. <laughs> Okay, Scriven, like, beckons you into, like, a back room out behind the, the counter where there is, like, an array of, like, more secret cloaks. But this is, like, an Ollivander's <laughs> thing where, like, the cloak chooses the cloaker, not the, not the other way around. Chooses the cloaker? Oh, cool. Yeah. Like the oh, no. Then. Okay, so, like, he, like, tries on, like, a few of these different cloaks and, like, he's just like, mm, nah, nah, yeah, nah. And eventually, after like, a couple of minutes, he wraps you in this, like, what colour is it? I think it's, like... See, part of me would be like, I, I reckon it's like quite a majestic red. Oh. Jackson, I've just read the part in The Wise Man's Fear where he gets a majestic red cloak. Does he get a red cloak? Has yeah. he fucked yet? No, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, to be fair, neither is Jody, so it makes sense. <laughs> he wraps this majestic red cloak around your shoulders and says, Perfect. This is the perfect cloak for you, my boy. And uh, he proceeds to explain that this is a cloak of gliding, which is a magical item that when you begin to fall, you may will the cloak to activate. And it spreads behind you like wings, allowing you to gain a glide speed of 60 feet and giving you resistance to falling damage. And Scriven tells you that he will sell you this cloak, this magical cloak of gliding, for 3,000 gold pieces. I think Jody hesitates for like a second and thinks about like bartering in some way and then like, doesn't like, even try to, to try to, to barter it down. Well, he, he, he was thinking about it, but like he's just so immediately in love that he doesn't want to devalue this item by paying less for it. <laughs> and, and in fact, he, he elects to pay 3,001 gold. <laughs> Scriven, as you do, it says his eyes light up and he says, You've passed the test. The enchantment would have worn on the second you walked out the door if you hadn't understood the true value of the cloak. Man, Scriven's like my favourite character ever. He's an incredibly powerful sorcerer, is the thing about Scriven. So there you go. Now you have a cloak of fighting. Drazilia, um, what did you want to buy? Yeah, I think, um, as I said, Drazilia doesn't have a whole lot of ideas about you know the possibilities that the world of shopping can take her to. Mm-hmm. So um, she's interested in traps, Ben. We did yeah. talk about this, yeah, and I do. think you can head over to, to Turvish's Trap Tavern, which is like <laughs> a like a joint, like it's like a bar where like people go hang out, but also they sell traps. And like, yeah. are they should, playing trap music? Yeah, 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 yeah. They're running the trap all night, but like it's like old timey trap. It's like a bunch of bards who are all like hipster bards. They have like fucking like the like no hair on one side the Natalie Dormer look as it were or the, or the Skrillex if you want uh, and they're just like playing like old timey like magical sounding Skrillexy music yeah very good yeah in in the bar so I'll, I'll drop some of that in now <laughs> <laughs> just drop that in over the top. Uh, yeah. And so in, in Turvish's Trap Tavern, uh, Turvish, who is the drow woman who runs the store, uh, shows you around a little bit and is like, what did you have in mind? When I want to trap my victims, I not only want to stop them, I want to humiliate them. She says, oh, so you're after something with a bit of stopping power that's also kind of embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> Come with me, and she leads you into a, a like a, a section of the tavern with like a like a you know it's, I imagine it's like shelves with different traps that are on them, and you know they have like um like cards that stick out that say like what kind of traps they are, and she leads you to a section called goo traps, <laughs> and she's like we have an assortment of goo based traps that are 
can really gum up the works, as it were. And she shows you, like, a, a couple of things where it's, like, essentially they're, like, little, like, hidden platforms. They're, like, little magical things, like magical discs that you can, like, bury in soil or, like, put underneath some, like, mat or something that when they get stepped on, they basically, like, shoot different kinds of, like, slimes and goos, like, up the legs of the people, <laughs> holding them in place, but also dealing different kinds of damage to them. And there's these different coloured goos for different kinds of damage. Oh, does she have the, like, green glow-in-the-dark goo that's on the cover of Goosebumps? Books. Uh, let me just quickly check. Yes, she does. <laughs> <laughs> there is Very one of those. Good. It deals acid damage. Uh, it like you know, like shoots up out of the thing and like sinks them in place. And and she'll sell you these uh, acid damage goo traps, single use goo traps, for the low low price of five hundred gold pieces a trap. Ooh, um, I will take. Four of your gooeyest traps, milady. All the acid goo? Yep. She also says that she does have one that's like black goo that deals psychic damage, which is just the humiliation of being caught oh, in the goo yes. trap. Yeah. yeah, half and half. Okay, so take two acid traps and two uh, humiliation black goo traps, and uh, we'll deal with, with the, the actual amount of damage done by those traps later and the mechanics of them when they emerge. But yeah, take 2,000 gold pieces away from your thing. I think you're like the biggest spender coming into the shop tonight, by the way. And Turvish is like, thank you, my dear, come back anytime. I tip my red cap to her. Oh, very good, very good. Can Jazzy also pick up the magical equivalent of some ibuprofens and grab a few healing potions? Oh, yeah, 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 sure. Um, <laughs> healing potions, you can get, um, I think the, the regular potion of healing that's not particularly good is like 50 gold pieces, and then the next one's 150, and then the next one's 450. In terms of the prices of them, it's really only worth getting the cheapest. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Is that, like, it's kind of like, like that? commonly accepted wisdom is the others are just rip-offs. Is it 50? 50 is the standard going rate for a regular healing potion. I'll buy five. All right, neat. Uh, Drazi, yeah, you can just pick those up at, like, any corner shop in a city yeah, this size, I think. Like, you just walk around, they're just fucking everywhere. It is magical ibuprofen in that sense. And I think with that, we'll say that, like, between all their various shopping excursions and Duncan spending his day handwriting 200 posters for paid acting auditions... Dude, I spent hard gold on that. Surely I found a printing press. That is true. Okay, yeah, you did spend money, but you had to look for the printing press and find... You had to find an um, actor. Can you please contrive a funny name for the printing press? Uh, yeah, okay, I'll come up with one. Um, it's called, um, Pembop's Printing Place. It's called, it's called Pembop's Printing Place, and Pembop is a man who's like, hello, I'm Pembop, I'll do the printing for you. Is it called his printing place because it's actually an entire street? like a place no 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 it, printing building. it's just like he's a weird guy and that's what he called the place he does his printing so he calls his home Pembop's Why? sleeping place no joke <laughs> <laughs> I'm Pembop I'll do the printing yes yeah, six gold pieces please and that's where the 15 gold went cool. <laughs> that, that's where it's gone uh, but that's, that's all the time you guys had to shop and it's the time that you've agreed to meet again what do you think you guys do it's probably like early afternoon what's the plan um well after a quick lunch pie float, I would say. Yeah, okay, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> go to the university, yeah? Are we looking for Alyssa Brambles? That's theoretically why you're in Hanelport. Is that, do you think, like, everyone's on board with that plan? Should we change up our look a bit? I mean, I think you just did. <laughs> by yeah, a new I, hat. I did. Yeah, and Jody got a new cloak. Yeah. So you could. I mean, I'm wearing full plate armor. Yeah. <laughs> what do you want me to do? What's your hair like at this point? Probably barely grown out, right? Yeah, it's only been like a couple weeks. Isn't a mohawk? Yeah. Didn't, didn't you get a mohawk? Yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's right, actually. You could get <laughs> Jody to make you a cloak with his new tailoring gear and just like throw a smock over you. <laughs> 
Yeah, Jody, can you tailor me a poncho? Like something out of yeah, dude. The Bad and the Ugly? Yeah, very can cool. you make me yeah. look like one hot fistful For of dogs? Sure. So now you're like a plate armor cowboy dwarf rolling around yeah. with a fucking cool poncho on. Yeah, it's, I would yeah. put that Clint Eastwood cowboy hat on, but I don't want to stray into Druzzy's hat territory. Yeah, that's yeah, true. So I think... Um, a beanie instead. Weird look. <laughs> poncho, beanie. Because i got to do something about the hair, right? I can't... Yeah. They'll be like, oh... He's wearing a poncho, now but that just, is the Duncan mohawk. Now you just look like a Fremantle hipster. Yeah. <laughs> like a I mean, we are in a port city. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I would also suggest we shouldn't go in as a trio, because that's what they're looking for. Okay. Let's, so what, Let's split up. Let's say you guys head over to the university, and if, by the way, if plate-wearing cowboy dwarf isn't the title of this episode, <laughs> I don't know what I'll do. Yeah, you guys make your way over to the university, and you find it pretty quickly. Like, Jody knows where it is from his time in Hamilton. You're standing outside it, and it is indeed the building I described in the VO. Ah. It's a... I mean, I said above the door there was a sign, yeah. University of Hanelport. Yeah, but, yes. but you never know. Sometimes yeah. it could have been a prank or something. <laughs> yeah, like that. That was yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Maybe the cloaked figure who was watching in the yeah. alleyway put that sign there, ah. and it was actually just a weird cutaway comedy bit oh, where like, like somebody tricked their yeah. their lecturer into going into a whorehouse by putting. Oh yeah, and like the lecturer is just like a complete fucking idiot who reads yeah. whatever's on signs and trusts them, and he's like, "Oh, I, tr- I didn't think the university was here, but it must be." And he like walks in, he's like. Dude, me, why will dress like this for my lecture? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, what do you guys do? Um, I think uh, Duncan inquires if there is a dramatic society at the university. <laughs> uh, what do we do, military operator Duncan? I mean, if we're going in separately, and ultimately we need you to do the talking, how about I will go in first and just kind of peruse. And then you can go in and look for Alyssa Brambles, I guess, maybe with Jody, because I'm the hardiest if I get caught alone. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay, so you, you walk in first. Was that the idea? You go have yeah, a little reconnaissance. Yeah. I think Duncan goes in first, just in case there are like peacocks or something crazy like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So does he, he basically just like throws <laughs> the door open, wearing his cool cowboy poncho, and he's like- And his beanie. Yeah, and like smoking a cigarette. And, you know uh, it, he like One of those tiny little thin cigars. Yeah, nice, nice. And he's like stumping across the, the, the entry hall. You've probably visited the university in Carthus, Duncan, or at least seen it. You know this place is not as nice as that university. It's not as extravagant. It's a very functional, practical building. It's just like, you're on the ground floor, there's a reception desk, and there's a couple of like staircases behind it, essentially leading up to different floors, that there's like signs on the wall that say different departments. And there is uh, a small gnomish man sitting at the desk, and he says, uh, hello, sir, uh, what, what department are you looking for? Can I help you today? Uh, hi. I'm just kind of looking for uh, anyone who can... Like, do you guys have acting classes? <laughs> <laughs> he says, uh, well, uh, n- no, we're more of a... So, <laughs> uh, I should say uh, intellectual institution. Uh, but I'm sure you could find plenty of such places over in the arts district, if that's more your speed. I mean, we have some professors of literature, if that's... Oh, that, that'd be handy, yeah. Where where would I go to meet a professor of literature? He points at the board uh, and says, uh, third floor. You can see Professor Darren Jambin. Ah, okay. Croft. Darren, <laughs> professor Darren Croft. Yeah. Darren Jambin Croft. Yeah, right. he doesn't work in the archaeology department. He's a professor of common literature in, <laughs> in Hanelport. <laughs> professor Darren Jambin Croft, and he's on the third floor of this building. Uh, cheers. I'll, I'll head up there soon. I just actually kind of like the architecture, so I'm going to sort of wander around a little. His secretary should 
be able to schedule you an appointment if uh, he's not currently available. Oh, great. Thanks. Cheers. And uh, you walk right on through the room and up the stairs. Yeah. And The way the staircases work, would I be able to stay sort of somewhere where I could still kind of have line of sight of the foyer? Um, they're like spirally. <laughs> so like, you like go up I, like, one go flight up. and just like stand there looking <laughs> down at the foyer. But even like a couple of flights. Like. What do we know about Alyssa Brambles again? You know that she was a colleague of Valeria's and that she might know something about one of the temples. I believe it was the Temple of Sea. All right. Do you have any ideas about how to approach this, Jody? Yeah, I guess that's a good question. What does Jody remember of, like, like Alicia Brambles? Because like, they're, they're relatively distant, right? I think we established that, like, she had maybe employed some people who he had worked with before, but, like, he certainly doesn't, like, know her personally. Yeah. yeah. They're not on a first-name basis. All right. I think Jody probably turns to Drazilian and is like, Miss Brambles uh, knew me as uh, Jojo Snibbins. <laughs> Um, I'm not sure that is the name I should use again. Um, so I think uh, any any previous contact I had would be useless in terms of uh, getting to her, but perhaps helpful once uh, we're actually in a room with her. I think Drusilia just, and if you want to come with me, Jody, just marches up to the front desk and says, Hi, I'd like to speak with Alyssa Brambles, please. He looks down at like a book that he's holding in front of him and then looks up and she says, Uh... Look, you can try, uh, be my guest, fifth floor, but uh, she's been um, very reclusive of late. She hasn't really been leaving her office at all and hasn't really been taking visitors, but uh, you can go talk to a se- secretary if you'd like. I I wouldn't hold my breath if I was you, but be my guest. Aw, oh, shucks. Well, we'll give it a try. Thanks. <laughs> and uh, do you guys mosey on up? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I- I guess when you get to the third floor, Duncan stops to go talk to Professor Darren Jamman Croft about common literature. Well, no, because I'm on the first landing. Right. Obviously, because they knew the whole point is we're not together, is surely they would walk past me and I would just kind of give them a surreptitious wink. Okay, very good. As is common military practice. Right, of course, yeah, the wink. Like <laughs> military those, winking. Yeah. Yeah. Military <laughs> winking. And then I think probably I follow them up at a distance. Couple flights behind. Okay, fine. So you guys reach the fifth floor and you come out and you see that it is indeed the archaeology and anthropology department. There's a corridor with a couple offices off to the left and right. Right at the end of the corridor, there's like a sort of small reception area where you can see the office of the department's chief professor, Professor Alyssa Brambles, with a reception desk in front of it and a small man sitting there. Is he a man who is criticized small? No, no, he's a man who's criticized medium. He's just a little man. Maybe not of spirit. You don't know anything about his habits and proclivities, but surely in stature. I think uh, Jody maybe maybe like elbows elbows Druzzy like very lightly. <laughs> does he pass any secret communique when he does this, or is it just a? Uh, he, yeah, he does a military wink. <laughs> <laughs> Druzzy really doesn't know what to make of that. So yeah, she just walks <laughs> forward and says, "Hi, um, can I please speak to Alyssa Brambles?" He says, "Is she expecting you?" Um. Yes. And your name is? Jojo Snippens. <laughs> 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 okay. Uh, I, I think I think he, he looks down at his um his book, his like meeting book, and he says I don't have anyone here by this name. I'll go see if she's in. 
And he kind of, like, frowns at you and gets up and walks over to the door and, like, knocks and then waits a few seconds and then, like, opens it and goes inside and closes it behind him. What do you guys do while you're waiting? I think that went, uh, okay. I think, um, the, the Jojo, you know, it, yeah. Good, good, good job, Razi. <laughs> Thanks. We established that Jojo Snivens is a wanted man in Hanelborn, yeah. right? And, like, Alyssa yeah, Bramble's, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. at least knew of the company that he worked for. So I think, like, yeah, I think yeah. that definitely gets her attention. Definitely wasn't the way I was planning this to go. <laughs> but I think basically, like, a few, yeah, like, yeah. like, you hear some noise and, like, some, some whispering. And then, like, the door flies open. And there's probably, like, a moment for you, Drazilia, where, like, you see nothing. And then you have to look down because <laughs> standing in the door is a small gnome woman yeah. who says, Jojo Snibbins! And she's, like, looking out in the corridor and, and like, doesn't see... I mean, does she, does she see Jody? I think she does, yeah. What are you doing here? Get get in here, get in here, get in here! She, like, seems, like, panicked and she, like, is, like, ushering you guys inside the office. Yeah, um, I just go in, yeah. Okay, do you go in too, Jody? Yeah, yeah, I follow. Okay, as soon as you guys are inside, she slams the door and locks it. <laughs> and, uh, she's like, well, what the fuck's going on? Uh, we have a message for you from Valeria. She, like, looks, like, stunned for a second, and she looks down, like, she looks up at you, and then across to Jody, and then back at you, and she says, v- Valeria? Like, like, Valeria from Carthus? What did, what did you have to do with Jojo Stibbins? What's going on here? What are you doing here? What did you, what did you come back into town? What, this is all so weird. Is this a coincidence? This can't be a coincidence. And she seems, like, really keyed up. Like, a little bit keyed up at the moment. And starts, like, pacing around the room. She's like, sit, sit down, sit down. And she, like, gestures at some chairs across the room. I think uh, Duncan, after the slamming of the door, sends a uh, sending stone memo. Uh, sit rep. He signs it with a military <laughs> wink, but you can't perceive that. <laughs> <laughs> ah. I, th- I think Jody misunderstands sit rep and, like, immediately sits down as if, like, as if Duncan is, like... <laughs> Jody's like, like how did he see? <laughs> <from afar. laughs> I'm the guy on the desk. (laughs) (laughs) World's greatest actor. Alright, great. So you guys sit down in the chairs? Yeah. I think she says, well, start talking. I'm going to pass over to Jojo for this. Oh, okay. I was going to mentally send a message to Duncan about just like, we're in Alicia Bramble's office, fifth floor, door locked. Uh, All cool, I think. Did the receptionist stay in with them? Yeah. He's in there. I think upon receiving that message, Duncan sneaks up towards the door. Okay, okay, so Duncan's up, like, next to the door. Okay, so you guys are in the room, and she's like, go on, start talking, like, what is this? What, what, what is this? How do you happen to be here now, Jojo? No one's seen you in years. I, I don't even, I only remember your name because it was in the, the wanted posters. What are you doing here? What does this have to do with Valeria? What, why is this all happening now? Look, we don't have time for this. We need to talk to you about the pieces. She looks and at And more you- specifically about the Temple of Sea. She looks at you guys kind of like aghast for a minute, like mouth open, and then says, How did you know I'd found it? Nice. Got it, dudes. On- honestly, um, we were just... It, I hope it was... It, I, I hope, I think. You just... You just you, so you're connected to Valeria, you just thought I may have found the Temple of Sea, and you came here to find me, and this has nothing to do with the Keystone or the Fish Folk. This is just all a coincidence. Oh, the legacy, yes, the fish legacy, the keystone, yes. Um, I, I did not realize that they were r- related. <laughs> related? <laughs> how did you guys even get in here, Jojo? How did you get, how did you get past the guards? What, this is all, oh, this is all so fucked. And she goes and sits down at the desk and puts her feet up on the desk and pours herself like a big glass of brandy from like a stopper <laughs> oh jug God. and says, you guys have got some explaining to do. 
Jazelia takes out her magical staff mm-hmm. and says, she says nothing. She just shows the stone. Okay, fun, cool. You got a cool stick. That's cool. Cool. <laughs> That's nice. Uh, I have some cool sticks myself. No, it's, um, uh, it's, uh, uh, have you ever seen one of the pieces before, Alicia? She says, I don't even know what the pieces are. I know Valerio is out here looking for something, some place, some temple that she thought might be near the coast somewhere, and then I hadn't heard from her in ages, and it kind of piqued my interest, and... Okay, 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 okay. Well, then let, let us say simply this, is that we are working with Valeria, or we were working for Valeria. It's all really confusing, but essentially there is a small coalition of us that are working together to stop this ancient magic from falling into the wrong hands and potentially destroying the world, and we think that you could be the key in uh, progressing that fight for the good of everyone. Is like the, the brief uh, thematic summation of um, us so far. She, like, looks at you and then just kind of, like, is like... <sighs> and just, like, looks down at her drink and then just, like, drinks the whole thing. And then is just like... Fuck. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Did you get that, Miles? And the the, 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 the secretary guy's like, yeah, I, I, I did. I'm not sure I... Yeah, that's a lot that you've got there. And she's like, yeah, that's 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 really a lot. Um, Okay, we're going to have a longer chat about this, but you guys are looking for the Temple of Sea, right? I guess that's the that's why you're here. Yes. And also, I, di- I, di- I did want to check in on... I, I haven't met the handleboard in a number of years, so I was thinking it'd be nice to just, you know... Yeah, 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 that, that's, all, that's all well and good. That's all well and good. Yeah, okay, so... I can't fucking believe this is happening, but I'm beginning to think we might be able to work something out here because, okay, I found the Temple of Sea, guys, but uh, getting there is gonna be a little interesting. Uh, as you know, well, the fish folk aren't happy about, you know, this thing. And she like rolls open a desk drawer and picks out a glowing orb and pops it down on the desk and says, yeah, they're pretty, they're pretty fucking angry about that. How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons is a production of the Curio Network and hosted by Thomas Owen, Grace Chapel, Ben McAllister, and Jackson Newsom. Editing by Ben McAllister. You can find details of all the music in the show notes. We've got other content on Curio, such as Odds and Ends, where Grace talks with people about the mementos they've kept and the stories behind them, or still interested, where we look at film and TV that has been rebooted or remade and try to figure out why they thought it was a good idea. Check it all out at curionetwork.com.